You're listening to The Outer Timers, and now here are your hosts, Chief and Ben. Whoa, Nelly! It's The Outer Timers, episode 12! Uh, that's it, Chief's here, and hopefully you're on the other end. Yeah, Chief, you're coming in hot. It's Ben here, we're back, episode 12 of The Outer Timers. We keep on trucking, Chief. Yeah, yeah. Right well, through the lockdown. Nothing stops us, apart from uh, me maybe... Uh, not having watched the movie that I was supposed to watch Your assignment, in time. your homework. Well, listen... You do a lot of pods, you've got a lot of homework, so I feel for you. I've got, as you'll see coming up, we've got a... By the time this episode lands, hopefully you will have heard our special announcement and you'll have already sampled some of our wares. But yeah, I, I think I'm now recording four different podcasts, editing two. I'm a busy Paid man. None. <laughs> but orig- <laughs> But we normally record at 8pm UK time. But you had something to collect from the local parcel shop, so you said circa nine. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll make sure I've watched my, done my assignment, done my research, etc., my homework by nine. And then at 8.15 p.m., you're like, I'm ready to go. It was The roads were clear. I don't know how you didn't think that was going to be a thing. But uh, <laughs> I, wasn't I clearly expecting traffic, but I, clearly I needed was, sustenance. I clearly was not ready. And uh, we did start a little live Instagram, and I think Phil and... Ah, who was the other person? Someone else joined. Beasts, Hype Beast or someone. Apologies if I got that wrong. A couple of people joined uh, to watch me live watching the movie and I shut that down, finished the movie and now I'm here ready to go. Well, that is going to be fresh in your head, man. Correct, correct. That's the way it should be. Yeah. So, Chief, another week in lockdown. How the heck you been? Well, interesting. I had a bit of a Meltdown. I had a bit of a mini breakdown, not a meltdown, a breakdown. I recorded an episode of Talking Joe two days ago, What's and the by the time okay. by the time this pod lands, that would be old news about twelve days ago. But I I had a breakdown live on air, not live yeah. on Talking Joe. Yeah, unplanned, obviously unplanned. But me and Steve S Jub Seven co-hosts started talking about, you know, I said I've been a bit low lately, and I I started crying live on the uh, recording. Holy yeah. smoke. So yeah. Jub just went into full therapy sesh. Well, post recording, yeah, you know. But Right. I but it was you... just everything got on top of me. It was just the everything just being at home working from home is a new kettle of fish. I find it very difficult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um especially with the missus being a nurse and going to work. I'm trying to juggle childcare and work from home which is not possible so I'm now having to take extra days off work so I'm working less it's a pressure cooker out there man and and I that what what broke me was seeing I had two amazing days with Evelyn and two of the best days I've ever had with her it was fantastic and that's good I felt so bad for her because she was unable or is unable in this climate to have her normal kid routine she can't see her friends or her cousins so she is an isolated child and she's being robbed of part of her childhood and I think everything will be fine but I do think that there will be some psychological damage done to kids hopefully not Evelyn but there will be from them having been confined and not being able to experience their normal daily routines so yes possibly but there's also been lots of positives from this as well like i mean for instance you just said you had the two best days you've ever had with her and you had yeah. that during a pandemic listen i i mean i People think have... there's some positives of, of from my point of view 
the kids just seem to be so less stressed, the anxiety has been lifted, because effectively all kids want to do is just be with their parents. Yeah, yeah. Especially think, this generation. I think after we had a... Because obviously different ages are going to react differently, and she's four, and how do you explain the situation to children of different ages? So mm, in the end, we true. just kind of... We just kind of did it. We said, look, there is a there's something called a coronavirus and it is making people unwell and we need to keep safe. We need to keep other people safe. We just explained it as it is because she's really clever and intelligent and she got it. She understood it and she did today. She uh, The school had sent her something to print out. It was a coronavirus or COVID-19 time capsule. She had to write, there's about 10 pages. She had to write what her favorite things were, how old she was, what her shoe size was. Also, mm. how she was feeling during this whole thing and yeah. what she was doing to keep busy and what good experiences have come out of it. And she absolutely ate it up. She loved it. You couldn't, she was doing it for like an hour. And my wife was saying, Oh, let's just take a brain break. Let's just, and she was like, No, she wouldn't have it. She wanted to power through. I she feel was, like you may need to do that same exercise. <laughs> I'm not joking. But what I am struggling with was I am. Um, and this is mentally crushing me as well, as well as the kid thing and the work thing. It's the hobby media content is is We're actually back. making me depressed. We're back because, to that. Because I have too much. I haven't read a comic in like a week. And that is that pains me to my core. And Yeah, well you've got to read again then, man. You've and I do, but what challenge. I'm saying is what I'm saying is I've got to do a big chart and break it down and what can I cut out because since we started doing this podcast I am watching more movies than I've ever watched <laughs> but am I watching them for the wrong reason am I watching them just because I need to get to 200A and then B try and keep pace with you is that well, the wrong reason I instead of watching three extra movies a week should I be using that time to read comics and podcasts working from home has killed me on podcasts because I have an hour and a half commute to the office each way when I was work when I was commuting and I loved it. I absolutely loved that because that is three hours a day where I can listen to podcasts, watch movies, um, and read comics. And yeah. what I'm finding is my podcast that I listen to, I am way backed up. And I've never been backed up on the three or four podcasts I listen to. But now I'm backed up and I'm like, when do I actually have the time? Because working from home, when the kid gets up at 6.30 and I get up at 6.30... I don't have that hour and a half that I used to have because I'm on daddy daycare until I start work at eight thirty. It's not like okay. it's not like the kid and the missus is gonna understand where I say I'm just taking myself into a room to read for an hour and a half. That's not gonna <laughs> that's not gonna cut it in this house. So no. I've lost three hours of chief time per day. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh Chief's First coming in hot problems. this this app. He's coming in hot, man. <laughs> Holy smoke. This is a crash landing. One of the problems is I'm now recording four podcasts, trying to edit two as a that's, novice. That is and a that bit is, rich. That's eating up about five evenings a week. So, man, welcome to the suck. Yeah, that's the norm. You're anyway, ready. how have you been? Oh, oh, Jesus, I'm shaking now. It was all right. <laughs> now I know we 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 scheduled in cola chaos for later down the line, but I'm gonna have to move it to after the catch up segment. Well, I think the catch up segment's finished, my friend. So uh, unless you've got something to say. Well, I can relate to what you're saying about the when you've got so much content that you want to watch slash listen to. But then that's a isn't that that's a good problem to have. Yeah, but and- the but the problem, and again, I feel like it's suddenly become the chief show. I'm talking too much, but I and again, this is where I think 
your good wife might be coming on in a future episode hopefully in the next few weeks and i think she will help me break this down and i've mentioned this before i am a creature of uh quantifying everything and i need spreadsheets and i need numbers and i have set goals so okay yeah but all these things all these things all these things i've put against potentially unrealistic timelines so maybe i just need to reel back the timelines yeah, but you, you can't sweat the small stuff, man. They're the wrong things to be panicking about. Even though you care about them, that's great, and they keep you anchored. You've got to have a different structure of the of of value. I mean, it's just not worth stressing yourself out about no. those kinds of things. Also, you need to go back to the root of each one of those things, and it's a they're all great, fun things to do. So you don't want to just like crap all over your passions and hobbies because yeah. you need to put them into spreadsheets you don't want to be sweating facts and shitting stats <laughs> i mean you're a human being you're not yeah. an android yeah you right listen can... do you want to do cola or what or you got more to say on the catch-up no i want to do cola all right I it's want time to do cola it's Wait. time for cola chaos cola chaos uh. It is time for Cola Chaos. Now I'm just going to fade up some very special music right now. Oh. Interesting. Because, What's this he's got? Because it's about time. You've got a cola, have you? Oh, I've got the cola. First time, first love. It's about time someone actually had a decent cola on this goddamn show. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you have not got a plastic bottle? Oh, I've got a glass bottle, my friend. Okay. I've got a glass bottle, the original taste. Since 1886, I've got a Coca-Cola. Here we go. The classic in the glass bottle. Let's silence everyone. Yeah, that's the greatest drink ever made. Now, what are are you saying? Are these 330 mil? Um... It feels smaller, but it probably is. Probably 250. Let's have a look. Yeah, you know, you're right, Chief. It's 250. Yeah, standard. Yeah. What's the most fizz bangs you can give something? <laughs> That's 10 fizz bangs. Okay, okay. He's gone Drinking in big. that out of a glass <laughs> is... It's like the very first time. How much do you reckon that the ransom would be if someone stole that secret recipe? Is it, it is secret, isn't it? I don't know. I, I'm, of I'm course guessing. it is. Every, I, I, yeah. It's like the Big Mac sauce. Yeah, a little bit of cocaine in there. Gives it the pep. It used right. to be. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what I've got. I've also got a Coca-Cola. I've got another one of the... I haven't done one of these in a while. A Coca-Cola Signature Mixers. 200 mils. Batch number three. Herbal. Herb. Herbal. With notes of hops, dill seed, tagettes and lemongrass. Okay. And now, unfortunately, I didn't even know the rules of my own segment. Uh, we came in here ready to record, in me in the loft, you wherever you're recording, and I said, ah, oh, hot damn, I've left my cola downstairs in the fridge. So you said, run down and get it, you fool, get that cola. So I popped down to the to the fridge, got the bottle opener, opened it up, came up, and I was like, ah, oh, shit, I've done it wrong, I'm supposed to open it on the air. But anyway, I've said... Hey, Chief, have you thought about getting, like, um... A fridge. Obviously, times are tight, but, like, a tiny little fridge... I have now, yeah. Up in the loft. Now that you've said nice. it. Um, 
So yeah, I've already popped the top. Let's have a go. Let's see if it's herbal. Herbs. That is Weirdola. Antonio Naranjo, master mixologist. This guy's Antonio. getting a, this, this guy's getting a tweet. I tell you that much. Oh come on! You're breaking his balls, chief. Oh, what feeling is this? <coughs> Sound, it tastes like someone's dropped a joystick in my coke. I'm not I'm not happy. Yeah, that that. Is, that was always going to happen with the herbal cola. Yeah. Did um, you just um? What does it look like? Uh, I'll send you a picture. I'll post it up on. I've I've been a bit slack posting up the drinks on the social media. Uh, slack bladder. Slack bladder. I'll send you a pic now so you can see. And in the, oh, that there is, is a pandemic ter- on. That's a terrible picture. It's all blurry and everything. I'm absolutely all over the show today. Uh, while I'm doing that, I think we need to move on to letterboxed. I don't know what you're stressing about. You haven't watched any films, and nor have I. So. Well, <laughs> I did. I did a few little stats here, and yeah, I think I. I think I've actually closed the gap somehow by not watching many films. But you have not watched many either. I've barely watched any. Um, do you want to start with? Who do you want to start with? I think well, I went. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> I think I went first last week. So let's look at yours. I'm bringing it up. Yeah. So I watched two films since the last pod mm. i watched the post which is uh no, never heard spielberg. of spielberg very okay. funny very strange film for spielberg very sort of understated and under the radar although he is he is doing that a bit more these days he did another film with hanks i don't know what that was called anyway this is called the post it's about the washington post and it's about there's some government documents that have been someone's blown the whistle on and it's about the Vietnam War and how they knew that they couldn't win it right and it's basically whether this newspaper is going to break a court sanction that they can't publish these papers or not it's good it's a it's a very well acted film Meryl Streep's fantastic in it okay Bridge of Spies is the other one he did ah that wasn't Spielberg, was it? Bridge of Spies? Yeah, he, okay. dude, he's low-key, man. I think I tried watching Bridge of Spies one time, and it's all right. I think I bailed slow. after about 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you probably wouldn't like this. One thing I will say about The Post, and if anyone's seen it, they'll understand what I mean. There's shots of how they used to print newspapers back in the day. Okay. On these absolutely like gargantuan machines yeah and Spielberg must have got his hand on one of them and that is actually incredible really yeah they print all of the letters out in like metal and then it's like printed on top of that it's incredible okay old school printing press mm. and then after that I did super 8 you certainly which we'll did talk about later which we will talk about later okay that puts you on 78 for the year that is an impressive number And uh, let's see what the chief dog did. I watched four movies, so... That's all right. Yeah, well... Four, you watched four movies you didn't want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if you look at the gaps here, I watched one on the third, two, on the, four, two on the fourth, and then one on the ninth. So I went, I went four days without watching a movie. Anyway... That's normal. What I watched... That's normal for Joe Public, but we're no Joe Public. So I watched Star Wars The Clone Wars, and... We, by the yeah. by, the time this pod lands, hopefully our new podcast will be out, and you can hear some in-depth views on that there. Then I watched Batman Year One, 
which is an animated movie from 2011. Okay. Which I gave two and a half stars. That's a good film for you. I... Got, 50% of something ain't shit, I've man. got my master list, because I was trying to add content to it, my master list for every story ever, my comic uh, master list, which has 15, about 1,500, 1,500 entries. And this comic, Batman Year One, features at the number three position on the list. This is the best Batman story I've ever read, according to my list. Well, certainly ain't the best one you ever watched. And this is the adaptation of that comic. So two and a half is yeah, that's that's a, that's a. Yeah, it's fifty percent. It's fifty percent, which means I'm not. Mate, I don't, your kid I comes don't... home from school. Your kid comes home from school. Yep. She's got fifty percent on a test. Yep. You're in the book at her. Well, it depends how hard the test was. What I'm saying is, I don't begrudge watching a two and a half star movie. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, that's interesting. And dude, back in this, the day, I don't want to. I don't want to say this. If something this, gets fifty percent, yeah, you ain't buying that game. <sighs> Me machines was the bible, wasn't it? Listen. I've just, also, I've got, look, I've got upset now. I've, I've got a list here, and I, I, all I've put is Toy Story Four. Toy Story Four is not better than Casino, Blade Runner, Clerks, Dogma, Batman Returns, Joker. Now I'm going to keep expanding that list every time. Every time you give something less than Toy Story 4. <laughs> now, what else have we got on this damn list? Uh, Rocket Man from last year. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it. I'm not really... Uh, now then, picks. Now then, I watched this biopics. with the missus. I have not watched a m- movie with the missus, I don't think, since... Well, you should do. I'm going to say Argo or maybe Dallas Buyers Club. Hey, Argo's a good film. That's so what I'm saying, Dallas though, Buyers but I'm Club. saying five years ago. We watched nothing together. We don't watch well, one you should, you TV should, show you or have... one movie. You should have shared experiences, and and then you might. No, but all get... she likes to watch is the news. I've got no interest in watching the news. Okay. She watches this no. Is... She watches the news, and uh, what's that one on Netflix about the Queen? Jeez, that's good. the Crown. The Crown. That's it. She watches the Crown, and she watches the news. And well, why I, don't you both I... sit down and discuss what you think you might enjoy watching together? Tried that multiple times, and she's not interested. Anyway, shared stuff is important. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Rocket yeah. Rocket Man, I gave two and a half. Now, did I th- you watch it with your missus? I did, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I right. watched it with yeah. the missus. So Good. this was well on pace for a minimum of a three. I was really enjoying it. Taron Egerton is brilliant in it. He's although, a good actor, yeah. Although he's too good-looking to play Elton John, that's the problem. That's the My missus kept saying that every five minutes, he's too good-looking to play Elton John, so... Um, yeah, but it doesn't have to look just like him, does it? That's anyway, impossible. Anyway, I thought the first half was really good. I was digging the scene big time. And then I thought the second half dropped off quite a bit. In just yeah, can it, you just explain to me um, what's the thing about this film? It's not like a straight... How do they do the songs in it? It's a is musical. It, kind of, it, is a, it, it is a musical, is it? That's well, official. Well, when the songs are in the movie they're, they're in the format they're performed but oh, the cool. rest of there it are is, scenes of talking the rest of it is straight yeah maybe that is what a musical is i don't know i've never seen one okay but cool two and a half stars and then i watched uh today about 20 minutes ago finished super eight which i gave oh, okay. i gave three and a half you gave four and that puts me on 75 you're on 78 i've closed the gap to the smallest smallest it's ever been which is three i could have done a lot worse i think yeah right we're going much further than the six degrees of bacon. Linking two films and just three steps we are taking using actors, directors to get where we're going and some tenuous links to keep the game flowing. Do the steps hold up? What do you think? 
Now listen up, fools, it's Raiders of the Lost Link. Okay, so by now everyone should understand what we're trying to achieve here, Yes, Chief, and that is we're linking films. We're linking films. I last week linked Raiders of the Lost Ark into Transformers the Movie, or I linked Transformers the Movie from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, yes, you did. And you are going to link Transformers the Movie into another movie. Yep, certainly am. This week's movie is Super 8. I've got nothing against your friends. I like your friends. Now things have obviously changed for us. I have to help Charles finish his movie. Be good for you to spend some time with kids who don't run around with cameras and monster makeup. Uh, could you close your eyes, please? Yeah. And action! So, listeners, let me explain how I did this. Last week's film was Transformers the movie, Correct. animated movie. Yes. That came out in 1986. Yes. Another film that came out in 1986 was Howard the Duck. Ducks fly. Yes. Tom Cruise yes. famously has a passion for flying. Yes. Now, J.J. Abrams directed Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 3, and J.J. Abrams also directs this week's film, Super 8. Now, that is a bit tenuous, but... That's what we like! Because we're in episode 2 of this particular new segment, I like your ingenuity, my friend. I'm giving you a ding, ding, ding. And then, obviously, Mission Impossible 3... Super 8 is an easy one J.J. Abrams directed both Obviously ding 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 So I'm giving you double thumbs up If you can see me now I'm doing double thumbs up Now Chief Can you get from Transformers the movie To Super 8 in one link? Two links? Oh my goodness i tell you what Not only have I not watched the movie in time Well I did watch it in time But my other goal Was to try and usurp your three links And do that link in less than three And I completely forgot that that was actually Something I was supposed to do um, um, We'll aim to pick our, get up our game listeners For the next one Don't worry about it It's time for movies by numbers Wait a minute We haven't watched uh, We haven't mentioned uh, Ready Player One yet This episode You Deep mother. cut Deep cut Movies by numbers Super 8 So we had a discussion offline earlier, and I asked you, what do you reckon the budget was for this? And you said 100 million. It was actually 50 million. That's very low for a modern blockbuster. 2011. It looks... It's a slick-looking movie. I'll give it that. Yeah, I, 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 can, I guess it was because it was his second film. They probably weren't going to give this, this kid big dollar. So Mission Impossible 3 was his first movie? Yes. And before that, he was very big on TV. I think he came up with Alias. I never watched it. And he was obviously the creator of Lost. Yeah. But he was kind of poached by Cruise to do Mission Impossible 3. And then he wanted to do Super 8 as a love letter to Steven Spielberg, kind of like E.T. and Close Encounters. Yes. And Spielberg actually produced Super 8. And was on set like every day. Okay, wicked. This did 127 million in the US and a total of 260 million worldwide. That's awesome. 
so good numbers. Rotten there Tomatoes. Was big buzz about it. Rotten Tomatoes, eighty-one percent critics, seventy-five audience. Yeah, it has kind of disappeared. This film. I thought it was going to be a bit more relevant, but it hasn't uh, really hung around, and I think most people have forgotten about it. Yeah, it's Did not you, you what I mean. It... Is it certainly didn't become a Goonies for another generation? No, That's definitely sure. not. D- uh, did you see this at the cinema? I did, and I was pumped about it. We were because it had an amazing marketing campaign where you know J.J. Abrams is all about this mystery box, and he he just the teaser trailer was just that train going along and people thought it might be a sequel to Cloverfield because ah. I think he wrote and produced that and no one knew what it was and I was like Super 8 does he mean the camera what does that mean yeah, so yeah. I was pumped yeah there was I, I actually forwarded you and you didn't do your homework uh, this mm. time I forwarded you a little eight page DC comic that they produced as an insert in many comics at the time that they were putting out as a as a kind of teaser trailer as well in comic format mm. and it gives a bit of background in 1958 about the the armed forces who actually find this alien ship and ah, kind okay. of dredge it in the they find it in the water and they dredge it out of the sea you know cool. they know they're onto something and there was a secret last page which actually revealed the alien as well so oh nice and did that that came out before the film that came out before the film yeah or like very shortly before, probably. Yes, very shortly before, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Did you see it at the cinema? I did not. I think I saw it when it came out on home release. Okay. I, I was a big fan. I remember getting it the day it came out on home release. Really? So this, yep. like like you mentioned, this was, even though it wasn't necessarily a modern day version, you know, of, of the Goonies for for fans, it, it has that vibe, obviously, because like you mentioned, Abrams was kind of doing a bit of a love letter to Spielberg who was very much around the, that kind of genre of movies, E.T., yeah. Goonies, that Those kind of Those Amblin films. Yes. Yeah. The, the kids in it are brilliant, especially the girl who plays Alice. I don't know what her name is, but she is phenomenal. Is Dakota? Not Dakota uh, Fanning. Uh, or maybe Ellie, Ellie, Ellie Fanning, is it? Or e- yeah. And I actually looked her up just before we came on, on IMDb and she has not been in one other movie that I've recognised. So I know. I thought you this thought kid, that would kickstart. Yeah, exactly, because she's brilliant in it. But yeah, nothing. The kids are all great. They're all like completely good actors. There's no kind of cringe moments nope. where it's just like, ah, oh, child yeah. acting. Yeah. There, especially the the token fat kid. He's incredible. <laughs> the film director. He's the, he's the film man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought you could relate to uh, all of that stuff, like making what, films when you're younger. <laughs> No, just that whole ask that whole side of the film is yeah. very endearing. Yeah, because we, you know, I I made it's so niche. I made quite a lot of movies, home movies as a kid. But I, I, we were probably older though. We were like somewhere around sixteen, seventeen when we were making them. There was these kids yeah. obviously a lot lot younger. But yeah, this there's... film kind of starts and it ticks all the boxes for me. It's that that kind of uh, small town suburbia. There's a sheriff. There's a local sheriff. There's a bunch of kids. Everyone seems to know each other. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's very wholesome. And you can see something like Stranger Things borrowing a lot from this as well. Yeah, you can. I mean, they actually may have even done a few things better. Right. Stranger Things, I think, probably feels a little bit more authentic. But this wasn't really jumping on the '80s bandwagon. This was almost starting it because. That hadn't really hit yet, where films and TV shows were drawing from the 80s. No, definitely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this was set in 1979, this movie. Oh, there you and, go. And, um, yeah, like, like, like you do say, though, it's 
whereas it's now very hip and trendy to be you know to be retro and i don't know if we're part of that if we're trying to be hip and trendy with this show but it's it's definitely something that's in a lot of media content yeah. at the moment but like you said back in 2011 it really wasn't but but this film doesn't lean into it at all no. it's not like it's um sort of resting the camera on certain things and being and saying like look yeah. this is when it's set and it's... for me that and for me that's why it works well that it's yeah. that it's not doing that it's not heavily trying to promote a certain image or idea but there's intrigue from the start i, I kind of like the way that that love interest between Joe and Alice. And that that was another another thing I was going to talk to you about. I watched this movie, finished it, like I say, 20, 30 minutes ago. But outside of Joe and Alice, I can't remember the name of any single character in this. Can you? No, not at all. Yeah, okay. Not at all. And I love the film. So I don't know, I don't know what that says about the movie, but there it you says go. there's a lot of characters. I think the kids, what I love about all of the scenes with the kids is that they're always talking over each other, yeah. just like kids actually do. There's there's one really good scene where they're all in a diner together, and it's just uh, bants. Yeah. It's just bants central, and it's so realistic because kids don't let each other finish. I don't know. I thought it was so kind of natural and really well done, and you could tell that JJ probably had a very good relationship with those kids, and probably was working with them like months before they started shooting so that he actually built up like a bond. Yeah, the rapport. Because they all seem to just, I don't know, it feels like they definitely know each other. Yeah. I mean, we probably should have done this at the top of the segment, but for those that aren't aware of this movie, Super 8, the last, you know, eight minutes probably don't mean much to you. But this is, like you said, Ben, a small town and there's a load of kids. One of them is a movie maker. He's trying to make some small zombie film to put into the super eight film competition and they witness a massive train crash and something was in one of the cargo boxes it turns out to be some alien the uh, army or the the national guard or whoever the secret service is invades the town looking for this alien and then you know lo and behold how cool does the army look the the, you know the, the green jeeps it just screams that era doesn't it they look they look good they kind of reminded me of the jeepsy the jeeps of yeah exactly colonel colonel decker and hulk the tv show now regarding those guys was the bad guy colonel kind of bad enough does he i think he he did get pretty nasty towards the end didn't he yeah but he's he's a kind of a throwaway uh, nemesis really isn't he The, the girl's dad you don't really know what's going on with him for most of the movie, yeah, you're like, okay, that, he's obviously bad. That's where a lot of the intrigue comes because Joe's dad kicks him out of a party early or rests him, and he's you're wondering, does he beat the kid or what's what's going on? And yeah, because they do the factory, um, they do the days since last accident, don't they? At the very at the beginning. beginning of the film, and you're like, okay, what's that about? And they put up one, so obviously there's been yeah. an accident at the mill, the steel mill, or wherever it is. And it turns out that it's the, the, the kind of hero central kid, his mum has died and then it cuts to four months later. And the intrigue with Alice's dad, who's kind of this, you think he's like a sort of sheepish drunk guy and... Town drunk, town, yeah. The intrigue is he was drunk, called in sick and so Joe's mum ended covered. up taking the shift. She got killed. See, I don't think that's his fault. 
just because well, no, just because he I didn't turn can, up. I so I, can... that, that's one of the negatives and criticisms for the film that they make out for seventy five percent of the movie that he's done something awful. But that would have been too heavy. Uh, yeah, because when I was watching it the first time, I'm like, oh my god, he you know he hit her, didn't he when he was drink driving? Yeah. And I think, oh god, that's a bit a bit on the nose. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think it's. I I actually think that was a good way to get out of that because if he had hit her the cop would just be pummeling him yes. and would never be able to forgive him yeah. you know but the, the the thing with um jj making this film and making it a homage to those other films like et like all of spielberg's early family films because he was a child of divorce he made sure that his films that were sort of centered around kids they were usually always they weren't just like happy families yeah there was always, you know, severe things happening in the family dynamic. There was like E.T., it's a broken home, the dad's not around, and like Close Encounters. I don't know when the last time you watched that was. No, a long time ago. That is heavy. It's just not all just sweetness and, and kids having fun. It's like there's some really emotional stuff in this film, um, which I think they, that they sort of handle really, really well. Yeah, we do need, listen, we need to touch on something we haven't touched on, which is obviously the... I don't want to say the big bad because he's not really a big bad, but there is an alien in this movie, which is what the army is hunting for and what the kids have potentially captured on their camera. Actually, that that train crash where he escapes, I thought that was a bit over the top. Guys, watch out! Yeah, I think that went on for a long time and it just felt like the effects guys were just having fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and when you said 50 mil, I was like, well, that's, you know, that was probably 20 mil yeah. on that scene alone. Uh, but you um, told it me... It looks a bit dated now. It's a bit heavy CG. You told me something very interesting prior to us coming on live tonight and that was, you said there's only the uh, alien creatures only in it for three minutes of full footage. Yeah, three minutes, which works, you know, that was a budget thing, obviously. But then, as we know, you know, you never want to see the shark. So, it, yeah. it, in keeping with the Spielberg film, he's not just going to have the alien just roaming around. And also, the, the design of the alien, I'm not really that into. So, I'm glad that we don't see too much of it. It looks a little bit of a kind of general grievousy, I thought. Very, dude, yes. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't clock that when I watched it, but no, you're right. And um, and like you said, yeah. it, it it is a clever and again probably an homage to uh, Spielberg and Jaws. That Jaws works so well because you do not see the shark much, and that relies on kind of Jaws's just slender footage, so just a fin or just movement in the water or a camera yeah. angle. And Abrams goes the other way here, and he uses sound, so the main focus mm. of not seeing the creature but you hear the creature the sound design is incredible so when i was watching it last night i had it ramped up real loud right <laughs> and that train scene yeah like before the train's coming it's like burr, burr, burr. phoenix just comes running down he's like there's a train coming yeah i was like oh it's just me i'm watching super eight and then my god the sound design when that thing starts crashing absolutely incredible yeah now again this is i I mentioned this on Talking Joe when I read an, a comic and we go to talk about it and I've forgotten it already. I've just watched this movie, but what are all those little kind of cube things? Yeah, the cube things that are like magnetically going back to his layer. Yeah. I don't know. Do they, they help his ship? 
I'm not really sure. Because his ship is in the water tower, isn't it? Yes, they, there's all these underground tunnels and they discover it under the water tower, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that side of it is a little bit shonky, but they don't really dwell on it too long because what he's been doing down there, he's actually been stripping all the electrical cables, hasn't he? And yeah. he's actually, like, working. And why have they got all the people he's kidnapped hanging upside down? What's that all about? He's not like a killer, is he? Well, I thought originally when he goes to like the 7-Eleven and he kills, I thought he killed a cop and there was a guy with his, he's got his new uh, Sony Walkman. And uh, I thought that guy gets killed. But I don't know if they did or if they just got strung up. I wasn't really too sure what was happening there. And there's a little bit at the end where, and again, this is to complete the story arc for Joe, all the metal in the town is getting drawn to this magnetic ship and he's got his necklace. He keeps a necklace from his 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 dead mum, and this this starts getting pulled magnet magnetically, and he decides to let it go, which will then help the alien complete his ship and jettison off. And, yeah, you know that's a nice little moment. But there's loads of other metal stuff around him, and that's not going flying off. But this particular light, yeah, it lightweight like a few necklace, cars. yeah. <laughs> You know, that, this film doesn't work, and most films don't work, when you don't have that emotional, like, through line and core. Yeah. You know, there's a scene where they're watching some old footage of his mum and stuff, and he's in there explaining. I was like, jeez, I was tearing up. Yeah. It's, it's, I found it quite emotional. It's a well-made movie. Um, I, d- I gave it three and a half. It's... Did you notice the lens flare, Chief? Direct the trademark. Uh, I didn't, know because I know that is his Shut trademark, up. but where, where, oh, where was that particularly? God. Everywhere. Well, just everywhere, okay. for God's sake. Right. Everywhere. He's really chilled out on it. And when, when he announced that he was doing Star Wars, yeah. everyone was like, lens Please, flare. it's not Star Trek. <laughs> because a lens flare makes you aware that there's a camera there and yeah. you don't want that for Star Wars. I love the credits yeah. because during the credits, you get to watch the, I knew you'd love the that. kid's zombie movie that he's submitting to the panel. And it's, it's, yes. it's, it's quality. That's one of my favourite bits. Yeah, it's great. Oh, I did, yeah, I read that um, JJ gave the, all the kids their BMXs at the end of the shoot. Wicked. Nice, nice touch. Yep. Uh, I have Googled top grossing movies of 2011. Quick guess where Super 8 is, and then you can try and guess the top five. Okay, so what did it make? 260 plus uh, it made worldwide? 127 domestic and 260 worldwide. I reckon it must have been about sixth. 22nd. Was it? Yeah. Wow. The top five, uh, the fifth movie on here grossed 689. Part of a franchise, it's part one of a two-part movie. And it's kind of a teen romance drama. Oh, Twilight Saga. Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, part one. Mm-hmm. Number four on the list is... Oh, number one's got to be Harry Potter, was it? No, yes, it is. Number one is Harry Potter, but which one? Part two. Of, of- which... Deathly Hallows. Correct. You got it. Yeah. 1.3 billion. Uh, okay, so you've got numbers two, three, and four to go. So we'll count down. Number four, this is a sequel to a J.J. Abrams directed movie, which you've mentioned today. Oh, um, go- Mission Impossible 4, Ghost yep. Recon, you can Ghost do it. Protocol. Ghost Protocol, yep. 6.94 bill- uh, million. Number three is another sequel in a franchise starring Johnny Depp. Jeez. Oh, Pirates. Yeah, want to have a guess at the subtitle? Zauzas 4? What is it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, on Stranger Tides. Oh, so it was his own one, wasn't it? I don't know. Not seen it. One billion. 
And number two is another in a franchise. So the top five are all franchised sequels. This is a movie that is linked to a movie we covered last week. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen? No, Dark of the Moon. Oh, that's the second one. Is it? Okay. 1.1 billion. There you go. That's some big coin. Yeah, I mean, Super 8 wasn't going to stand a chance. Big coin in 2011. Jeepers. Look at those. Top five were all sequels or more. Of, of current franchises that did well interesting yeah. uh okay. yeah there'll be so listen i need to now pick a movie to try and link to yours you certainly do my friend uh, and let me know i'll do that tomorrow i'll do that tomorrow yeah yeah but right now i want to talk briefly about some retro gaming i've been doing retro replay it's time to game, it's time to play, fire up the console with no delay. Man, that's tough, you'll hear us say, it's Chief and Ben with Retro Replay. Replay, replay, replay. Oh, well, dusted off the retro gaming jingle. <laughs> I say retro gaming I've been doing because previously in this very show I said I've not been doing much, but I have been swayed to try two retro games and... One of these comes from SJub7 from the Talking Joe pod who says he's been playing Wipeout. I decided to crack open Wipeout 2097 on the PS1, which is one of my all-time favourite games. It's probably in my top 10 all-time games. And I'd love to talk to you about Wipeout, actually. Now, back in the day when I was... I think I, I think I just... Don't associate this game with you. I think I just finished my first degree, so it would have been around the year 1999 or maybe the year after, uh, whenever this came out, possibly. And I was playing this game, and my buddy, uh, Bootsy, Adam Payne, had said, oh, my mate, uh, John, who's got this game, he's completed it on, on the hardest level. So that was like red rag to a ball for me. So I was like, right, well, if he can do it, I can do it. down the gauntlet and you so picked it up. So there's a mode called Piranha Mode, or Piranha Challenge, which sets out the eight courses in the game on Phantom Class, which is the four kind of level settings, if you will. So it's Phantom Class, or Phantom... Is this the first ever Wipeout game? No, second. Okay, second. So it's Phantom Class, which is the expert level. Piranha Challenge, which means you have to win the race to progress to the ne- to the next race. If you come top three, you get to retry. If you don't come top three, you lose a life and you get three lives. So you've got consistently becoming top three just to not lose lives. Then you have to win each race to get to the next one. Now, I have done this probably twice in my lifetime this course and i set out a goal for myself to live stream me completing the piranha challenge okay in a, in a certain goal go. well i haven't done it yet because i thought i need to practice the levels first so i can win race one and i can win race two and i cannot win race three you and there's there's a racer. there's eight races to go so i will be what what i wanted to say was i'm going to be practicing wipeout 2097 probably at the cost of watching movies until i feel i feel i'm good enough to be able to live stream it so that's one the second one i wanted to talk to you about was resident evil i want to do a resident evil playthrough all of the games you're adding, yeah, you're adding, adding more stuff. Yeah, I'm just killing myself over here. But uh, Jeez, and then, well, the, hang on, you've. I, I want to talk about wipeout. All right, fine. Let's let's go back to wipeout. You've, you've just you just you know gone straight through to the next one. I don't associate that game with you. I thought it'd be too sort of futuristic. Didn't think you'd like the hovering. How does it feel when you turn? Yes. 
the, the, the maps are massive, but you obviously love it. Yeah, it's I, I am a... I thought about this. Maybe it was even you that asked me on a Talking Joe episode. I mean, Talking Joe's getting loads of plugs this, this time around. But maybe it was on one of those episodes when you were still co-hosting, you know, a long time ago. I think you asked me what my favourite genre was. And I actually think I said Arcade Racer. And that was kind of a yeah, surprise. Surprise yourself. That was kind of a surprise to me. Yeah, yeah. And what Jeez. I was going to say to you was, we need to. We, we've neglected the video game talk on this for a while, and I was thinking maybe we could do a bit of Road Rash Two. Well, yeah. If you like racers, I'll get on eBay. I'll buy Road Rash Two. Yes. In this pandemic, it might take about fifteen <laughs> days to get to me, but I'll fire that up and we'll play it through. The only thing is, it hard. I can't remember. I've never completed it. Well, there you go. It's hard. You've got to be. You've got to be persistent because it's quite a lot of game. So <laughs> it's a lot of game. And for a the man. other thing, I'm I'm keeping going. This is not retro, but it's time for Battlefront banter. And I've been playing quite a lot of Battlefront Two without you solo. And I did play actually a little bit, a 20 minute session. Shout out to Mark Seddon's kid. Uh, James, who I played a 20-minute session with this afternoon, he said, I got a message from Mark saying, uh, James has just told me that Chiefs just popped online. Uh, do you fancy a game? And I was supposed to be in a meeting at work, but I thought, you know what I mean, no, let's just have a 20-minute game. Who's going to notice? So I played on that. But my, I've got a beef. I've got a hacker reported to report. And as with the first Star Wars Battlefront game, you get career stats. So you can see your lifetime achievements kill death uh-huh. ratio on battlefront 2 you get none of that oh really you can't do it you, maybe, I, maybe you just haven't dug deep enough well if someone can tell me how i can find that i can't find it you get stats for the game you've been playing in but L- the last thing you need in your life is more stats <laughs> i'm saying you don't need those stats they're sparing you yeah they're sparing you the, the mental anguish yeah um, anyway, I'm hot today. Listen, you get on uh, eBay when this episode finishes, order yourself up a Road Rash 2, because right now it's time for the spotlight and we've got listener questions. I actually prefer mailbag. Um, give that virtual mailbag a, a good rustle and pick a question. Okay, let's have a look. Let's see what we've got. Here we go. Uh, one, of my, one of our favourite guys, Eric Hillbilly Harper, has said, "Who is your favourite artist?" Now I'm going to take Does a. Mean I'm going to take a punt. Nero, Picasso, or is he comic? Book? I'm going to take a punt that he means comic book artist. He could be musical artist <laughs> or etc. But I'm going to say comic book artist. So I don't know if you want me to take this one. You were going to potentially you- do some research, but again, you forgot. So we're a shambles this week between us. But I can take this one if you like. Yeah, you take it, and I'll just do research whilst you're taking it. All right, I'm a big fan of uh, Mike Mignola, who is the artist and creator of Hellboy. Quite a very distinctive okay. style. Okay. And uh, I, w- I... You can only say one. What? You can only re- He's asking you who's your favourite artist, so you need to have a favourite, Chief. Well, I, d- I didn't think about that. Uh, yeah, because I, I noticed there's another one that says to give your top three, and uh, Hillbilly Harper uh. said, who is your favourite? So I guess I'm going Mignola for that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay, listen, well, Hillbilly listen. Harper, I've done some research. Yeah. And I like, I hope I'm saying this right, Cliff Chiang. Yeah. Who does Paper Girls. Ah, yeah, you're into which, Paper Girls, yeah. Which I'm super obsessed with. I'm actually trying to contact him because I, I really want 
some of the covers, but I want them massive, and I'd love to get some kind of commission. Okay, you're probably um, if you want a commission, if you want one of his covers, you're probably looking at I don't know, maybe a thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! I did of re- original like, pencils, but you know. they're just basically that the first issue of Paper Girls and the first trade is like one of my most favourite images ever. Okay, can we? I'm, I'm interjecting. Can we? If I get hold of all these Paper Girls issues, because I think it ran till maybe number thirty when it finished. Uh, yeah, there's six trades. Can we? Can we both over the course of maybe the next two or three weeks read all those issues and have a spotlight on Paper Girls? Yeah, we could do. But again, you've just gone and added something else to your life. <laughs> I mean, this guy is just unbelievable, listeners. We got ourselves a maniac. We've actually gone and got ourselves a maniac on the out timers. Yeah. I'm not going to make you commit to reading Paper Girls. Well, I'll do it if you'll do it. But what I'm saying is not I'm for, sure n- you not for next will. week. Oh, you'll do it all right. I know week. you will. Um, somewhere, yeah, maybe we, somewhere down the line. Um, Listen, we're fluid, man. We're, we're ever evolving. We adapt. So, you know, we do what... Yeah. No, there's no one the boss of us. Okay, well, have another rummage in the mailbag. Okay, let's see what we can shake up in the mailbag. Shaking it up. Uh, I see uh, Roger. Roger Triple N said... Can you give us your top three favourite movies, musicians and video games? I mean, we haven't got another two hours to go for this episode, so we'll, I guess we'll try okay, and keep it Okay, this is going to be good. Shoot from the hip. Just see if you can right, do it. Uh, top three favourite movies. It's not exciting at all. It's episodes four, five and six from the Star Wars franchise. That's not exciting at all, is it? Uh, no, so I'll just do it with not including those. Because yours are the I same. Will say, I will say Ghostbusters. Yeah. I will say Aliens, yeah. and I will say Heat. Okay, wow. So not including the Star Wars franchise, I will say Jaws, Rocky, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Good. Uh, fav- top three favourite musicians, go. Bands, Red Hot Chili Peppers, my all-time favourite band. Then I will say Pearl Jam. Who would I have after? Probably have Nirvana. Okay, uh, for me... Tricky, I'd say uh, Prince, or the artist formerly known as, is number one. I would put Frank Sinatra in there, but he's not really a musician because he didn't... He loved Blue Eyes. Uh, he didn't really compose any of his own stuff. All he did was sing it. So I don't know if that That's counts. Right. So yeah. he's more of an artist rather than, than a musician. I think there is a distinction between the two. But for the purposes of moving this segment, I'm going to say Frank Sinatra. And then number three, it's tricky. It's either Michael Jackson... Or it's Stevie Wonder, or it's Marvin Gaye. Uh, that, well, that, well, you've gone and said three yeah, there. All right, so I'm moving on already. Uh, Favourite okay. top three video games? That is really oh. hard. That's almost impossible. I'm going to say NHL 94 on the Mega Drive. I'm going to say Sega Rally on the Saturn. And I'm going to say, for the purposes of, of not taking forever, Wipeout 2097 on the PlayStation. Okay, I will say Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is Nintendo Switch game. Wow, yeah, modern. I God, so boring because you said it, but NHL, yeah, definitely, and Goldeneye. Oh, nice, nice. That is tricky because how do you pin it down? Yeah, if you ask me that question in five minutes, it'd be someone else. Yeah. Uh, we had a question come in on the email from our man Phil. From Canada. Across all platforms here, yeah. I like it. Phil, you changed, man. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help myself. 
now, Phil, I've got to apologise. I think I called you out from an email on a previous show as Johnny Hatred. I didn't realise you were the same man uh, as as Phil Rutten. So, holy smoke, multiple aliases. Yeah. Well, I think you're the same guy. So, apologies for for not knowing one of our our top fans. I, I love getting the correspondence. We love getting What's the man's question. We love getting the correspondence from you, Phil. So, you know, you joined the live stream earlier. So, I appreciate that. So he has said, how has music from the 80s and 90s shaped things during that time? Or alternatively, is there any music groups from the 80s and 90s that have faded or retired that you still wish were putting out material? I don't really listen to any modern music. I'm pretty much into 60s, 70s soul and funk and that kind of vibe, as well as, you know, Frank Easy Listening and Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr., that kind of thing, as well as... I'm into synths. Okay, time. right. Yeah, yeah. I really like synth and synth wave and kind of 80s kind of there's there's all these kind of like Scandinavian kids they're making these albums to like soundtracks to films that don't exist kind of a thing. Right. The guy that does the intro and outro music of this show, uh I think he's called At Are We Alone? Are We Alone? Right. Uh he's amazing. People should check out yeah, him. Yeah. His synth stuff is really cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But obviously, I'm really into like 80s pop. Like, I've got a Spotify playlist of like my favorite 80s songs that's probably about 50 deep. Yeah, I think uh, I think I messaged you when I was we we just done the Beverly Hills Cop two episode, and yeah. I was in Stratford at work, and I'd found a massive. You said you run to the Beverly Hills Cop two soundtrack sometimes, or. Beverly yeah. Hills Cop compilation and I'd found a massive set of stairs going up one of the walkways at Stratford Ooh. and I, I popped on the Beverly Hills 2 and I basically pumped the knees pumped the legs and uh, did some yes. sets up and down the steps there it was incredible scenes so I love that 80s I tell you all. what I'm going to do I'll make my um, 80s playlist I'll make it public I'll, I'll put it out yeah, there it. on Instagram people can follow it alright couple more we're, then we're going to close out the show so a uh, friend of the show and our buddy Dave uh, said, do you have a favourite ye- favourite film year? Now, off the top of my head, I am going to pass on this question because I can't really group movies together by year. Hmm. He said 84 was great. A... He said 84 was great, as was 94 and 99. Now, 84, I'm going to say Temple of, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, sorry. yeah. But other than that, I don't know. 94, I'm going to take a stab at Pulp Fiction. Ghostbusters, probably. Uh, and 99, no idea. So Phantom Menace. So hopefully, hopefully he's not, like hopefully Matrix. he's not grouping Phantom Menace into 99. Oh yeah, that was 99. Uh, so we'll go on to one of his other questions. When 99 is Boogie Nights, which is my favourite film of the 1990s. Interesting. Yes. Uh, he goes on to uh, next question. When are you going to discuss the greatest sequel of all time, Bad Boys Two? Oh man, loads of people say that. I think they're being ironic. Um, we could do a whole show about The Empire Strikes Back if he wants. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and lastly, do did you ever use cheat codes when you were gaming? Now, I never did. I don't think. Not to gain an advantage, but if it gave me... If it was like an up, down, left, Y, X, right... Well, you wouldn't be able to do it on the stupid pads you have. No, no. <laughs> on the 360 touchpad. But if it gave you like an unlocked character... Or something like that. I might do it, but if it no, was if it was upon if it was to give us. you infinite lives or unlimited health, then I'm not I'm not down with that jazz. No, I mean your mum's just spent fifty quid on a game. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
No, I I remember thinking that's just an absolute waste of time. Yeah, we were we were hardcore. We um, were you know the score. I'm more I'm more interested in like if you get something for completing it and then you can play back through. Yeah. With a you know I remember I did all of the GoldenEye speed runs and I unlocked most of the cheats with that and they're really fun. Yeah. Did you ever do that? I think I had some of them. Yeah, but you probably had some of them from just doing the levels anyway. Yeah. But um. Yeah, is that the end of the mailbag? Is that is that the bag's bloody empty? I think the bag is empty there. Yeah, so okay, that was good. That was good. That um, was good. We'll, we'll, it's a fun show today. Fun show. It, it was a fun show. It started heavy. It got light. Whoa! We're missing out one of the uh, best segments of the show here. We haven't asked the kids anything yet. Let's hear from them. Hello. What are dreams? I don't know, I'm not a scientist, but I think they're just like illusions that go around in your mind. Like it's kind of like a second life that's like virtual and you can like do whatever you want. You just like create your own world, I think. I don't I don't really know, I'm not a scientist. Um, I think they are things you imagine when you're sleeping but they don't come true in the morning. Something you think of when you're sleeping. I don't know. Because I, I can't remember any. <laughs> when you wake up, you remember them a little bit, then you forget. So it's even now. It's like, I can't remember any. <laughs> I don't know if I had a good dream yet. So I don't actually know. Thank you. Those are the kids. That's and the that's kids. what they've got to say. It's the segment that apparently he's going to just keep on going, even though it's a ball ache to edit. <laughs> 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 it's like the show. I've always finished editing the show. Yeah. Like uh, I don't know, five days before, and it's just sat there in the computer waiting for me to. Well, I tell you <laughs> what. Let's the, uh, the question. Let's start asking kids questions, you know, in advance and stockpile up a few. Now, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. That ain't a bad shout, chief. We'll do that. Okay. You can find us in all the usual places. That is the outer timers. That's the O U T T A timers. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on. Are we anywhere else? I don't think we are. There's no. We're, well, we're a network now. Well, we are a network now. Hopefully, the special announcement will already be live by the time you hear this. And we got more shows than you can shake a stick at. We, yeah, we've got a 24-hour news channel. It's <laughs> doing the whole thing. We're a network. Um, if you want to <laughs> check out my work, I'm putting up individual daily strips that chronicle the birth of my kid. It's better than it sounds. You can find those on Chiefy Two Shoes. That's Chief. Then a Y, the number two, and the word shoes. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Look for that. And I th- you can oh, go on. You can find me at Ben Flying Retro on Instagram, where there is no new content. <laughs> There's no new content on the horizon, no. or even in my head. No, because you, like me, are snowed under. And I could. I, I mean, I had a. Re- I had an idea of a little film that I was going to do, and then um, I just couldn't be bothered. No, know that. Know that <laughs> feeling. Listen, listen. Yeah. Uh, let's get us out of here. We're the out timers, and we are out of time. Later. See you later. <laughs>